ready for some Frasier. Man, that that song just gets me hyped up every time. I'm real glad we pushed that to the front. That was a excellent decision. How you doing? I'm Steve Shackelford. This is Sideshow Frasier, another enticing edition. We'll go with that this week. I'm joined by Jordan Wilson over there. Jordan, say hello. Hey ho! Oh, there he is. Heidi ho! I think that's a snack cake, I'm pretty sure. The hey ho? Mm -hmm. Or Mm. the Heidi ho is also a catchphrase from a TV show. Heidi ho would be a good name for a snack cake, though. Oh, delicious. Corner that market. Yeah, well, this week on Sideshow Frasier, we're taking a look at the episode Death Becomes Him. It's the 11th episode of season one of Frasier, and our sideshow, a delicious Fresh Prince of Bel-Air that really did not turn out the way I thought it was going to based on the synopsis. But that's the beauty of this show. Oh, are you disappointed? Um, no, we'll get to it. Okay. Uh, so the <laughs> the title of this episode was named You've Got to Be a Football Hero from Season 4. It was the 12th episode for Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. So stay tuned. That's coming up after our Frasier episode. But before that, we're digging right into the meat. The Frasier meat here, okay? Mm. Ah, death becomes him. This is Thursday, December 2nd. So we've made it not quite to winter time, but to... Not in Texas, at least. Yeah, you know, I mean, what what day is winter officially? It's like the 21st? When's that equinox? Thing? The equinox is the 21st. Yeah, winter yes. solstice. Yeah, so that always confused me because we don't get snow here or anything. So I don't know. Yeah, uh, my grass is still green on December first. So yeah, it's uh, <laughs> that definitely sounds like a country song. My grass is green on December first, <laughs> <laughs> or or just some weird musings book, you know, <laughs> that, you know somebody writes. At Join the end us of their live days. next week with our author, their new their new hit <laughs> series, their new hit book. My yeah, grass is my always green. Grass is always green on December first on NPR. A gripping tale of a young man coming to <laughs> coming to age as he deals with the loss of his father. <laughs> uh, something similar here in this episode. Lots of death. This, this entire episode of not only Frasier of sideshow Frasier is kind of real spooky and yeah, death related. It's str- did you do that on purpose? No, or it's the, just a, just happened to be a running theme. No, so that is, we've kind of tried to set this up before. This podcast is more like if I know I'm watching Frasier every week and I'm a grumpy old person waving at clouds and I'm like, all right, I'll give 30 minutes to one other show every <laughs> week. Let me pull out my TV guy. Just randomly pick one. And just randomly pick one based on the synopsis. Huh. And it's not always an old man. Sometimes it's just a random person that I'm <laughs> dealing with as my persona type here. And then sometimes it's me as an eight-year-old child where I was like, yes, locked in. That's what I would have watched Definitely watching. Yeah, I would not miss that this week. Like the Stefan Urkel stuff. Of course. Like if you know it's coming, you read the synopsis, you're like, what? Dr. Urkel and Mr. Cool. I'm I'm in. Gotta see that. Gotta see it. Yeah. So that's what happened here. That's why we did choose Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. You've got to be a football hero. But yeah. 
On this episode of Frasier, what happened is after the premature death of Martin's physician, who was similar in Frasier in physique, behavior, and temperament, <laughs> Frasier begins to obsess about his own mortality. Putting his affairs in order, he becomes determined to find more about the physician to point sorry to the point he decides to attend his shiva <laughs> which makes for some real fun scenes yeah. as i recall oh yeah before we get into it i've never attended a, a shiva myself i'm not of the jewish faith uh-huh. um have i think you've got some connection have you ever attended one personally never personally attended a shiva my wife has uh she's my wife's jewish and uh just like how Frazier says, my my ex wife is Jewish, and thus my child my child is same thing. My kids, uh, you know. So it's uh, uh, obviously a shiva. For those that don't know, is is the the you know Jewish version of a wake, and except they do it for seven days uh, straight. And oh, uh, mm-hmm. see, I didn't know this. That's thing I was like, I'm going to do no research and just let Jordan kind of give it to me. Here. Yeah. So seven days. I did not know <clears throat> full this. seven days, and you sit around and you eat and you cover up all the mirrors so that you don't look at yourself, and you talk and share memories and just like a wake. You know what I mean? Except it's seven days long, uh, and. Well, I think my wife was, she was telling me that she went to one for, for one of her dad's uh, law partners and um, she sat Shiva for seven days and they went over there every single day. And it's just a way, you know, it's a way to pay respect. Uh, and um, I don't remember the person is just to take seven, seven whole days to do it. So does this extend to like, you said law partner. Ooh, so is it? It's like friends and family, friends, family, mm-hmm. business relationships. Probably business relationships. I mean, like, so it was his law partner, or his law, like his maybe not his partner in his law because he had a private practice. So maybe it was you know like a, his buddy who was also a lawyer who shared the space that they had for their law uh, offices. You what know a what I mean? Beat down. I'm not trying to <clears throat> you know say anything weird, but it seems like it's incentivizing you to have fewer friends. Yeah, uh, I mean, if people are dying left and right, that's it's going to eat up a whole year of your life at some point because you're spending an entire week doing that. Yeah, yeah, and you don't work like you don't you don't you you go all day. I mean, it's it's an all day thing. Yeah, so I mean, well, I mean, you pop in and out, you know, but like it's not like you have to stay there all day. But when it's a close friend, because like my father in law, he um, according to my wife, he stayed there all day long. So he would like show up in the morning and he would he would go when the sun went down. That's nice. Yeah, that's I mean, very it's respectful. For like sure. I said, for sure. And there's a spread. You know, they got they got a spread. Yeah, I did see that when we get to that scene. It did seem very, um, you know, just uh, in, encouraging for people to come in and spend a lot of time. Like mm-hmm. you'd say, like well catered or something like that, or oh, yeah. at least just well taking care of food. Wise, I'll tell you right now, Steve. Most Jewish functions are pretty well catered. I like my finger guy, foods. It's, oh, the, oh my gosh! Do they have? Have lots of finger foods. Lots of finger foods. Oh, lots yeah. of hors d'oeuvres. Tons of hors d'oeuvres. Tons of salmon. Oh. Uh, lots of yeah. Lots of like tapenade and and uh, it's the best. That's a fun. I word. feel pri- I, don't I say feel privileged to to uh, be a uh, uh, you know a party to tapenade and promenade rhyme and I don't think enough people make use of that. <laughs> I think they should more. Well, Where can... are rappers rhyming calamari and Ferrari and <laughs> tapenade and promenade and stuff like that? Let's class get some class in some of these new raps. Huh. Um, not that they are, honestly. I don't listen to mm-hmm. them all. Those may be very common rhymes. Gonna make I'm some just... powerful enemies. <laughs> calamari enemies yeah. i hope calamari ferrari enemies steve is now involved in a rap war 
No, I've been <laughs> in too many already in oh, my life. So okay. let's get right into Frazier. We don't need to talk about my rap history right now. That's later. I shot a couple guys. Um, so we start in Frazier's apartment. This one starts with Daphne and Niles uh, exiting the kitchen, having a convo about Daphne's dating life. Uh, so all through this scene, you can see Niles kind of progressively perving out on Daphne, but I guess it starts here. Yeah, when you, know, he's you, talking keep, about- you keep mentioning this and it's starting to bother me a little bit, Steve, because you know the end game here, but you know the end game. Is it just because this is from the perspective of somebody who's not familiar with the rest of the series, right? Correct. I mean, I try to bring a little bit of that to the table that, hey, it's 1993. I'm watching these one week at a time based on what I know uh-huh. about this character at this moment. No, I think this guy's kind of a creepy, pervy guy. Okay. I haven't seen his wife yet. Hey, he y- seems to be super into this other character. So it's it's clearly a will they, won't they thing. Yes. I get that from what they're doing, but he's just odd about it i feel like just the things he reacts to are particularly odd (laughs) in this first scene for sure i find it more innocent i think than that yeah i i feel like it's more an innocent schoolboy, you know uh attraction and and uh, affection and of course we know where it ends up so it's all okay in my book gross if the word schoolboy is ever affiliated <laughs> i'm out <laughs> real gross out already <laughs> <laughs> so and during this course of talking about her dating life daphne does mention that she likes more manly gentlemen mm-hmm. so I, she said she tried to get hooked up by her mom with a butcher son <laughs> dude had to be a beast like do you have any idea the forearms you have to have to be a butcher no like, but i think you do didn't you work in like a fish factory or something i did you know i mean you don't have to break down the types of stuff you break down there is not as big it's not it, a side of beef yeah exactly so you're more like filleting i mean tunas are big but yeah. you're moving those around and more just like cutting them in half or something like right. that or you're dealing with smaller fillets most of the time so man i remember how you smelled back in those days i still smell that way what are you talking <laughs> about that's a forever thing once you work stuck. in a fish factory you're just done no, <laughs> you just smell like fish you're just that's it oh. you're, you're there forever okay i always thought that was your turtle tank now that place shut down but in my skin cells it's there permanently (laughs) it's like a tattoo it's a (laughs) scented tattoo in my skin (laughs) poor fish factory that shut down (sighs) because people were terrible Uh, so once niles finds out that she's more into manly cats uh he does try to change his demeanor quickly (laughs) says the little napkin swan that he was folding was actually a B-52. Yeah. That was nice. I like that that's what he thinks of as like a manly man's thing. He's a bomber. Yeah, like I'd make an airplane. It's got (laughs) wings. Of course, it's a B-52 bomber. (laughs) I mean, what's the manliest airplane? Uh, The spruce, the spruce goose. Okay, that's a good one. I would just say anything Tom tom cruise flies anything that he flies exactly so air force one is that manly oh i mean well that kind of just like changes depending on what vehicle you're in right i guess so like Uh, anything can be air force one if the dude's just in the air i think the spruce goose is a moose or a goose i don't even know anymore spruce mr burns messed it up for me the aviators that's all i'm trying to think of as the aviator what did he fly i think it was a spruce goose 
Man, I couldn't tell you. Spruce moose, spruce goose. I don't know. We're probably way off here. I don't. I think that's not what he liked for it to be called, old Howard Hughes. I think he had a different name for it, right? It was called the like, not the ambassador, the Hercules. Oh yeah, 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 yeah for sure. No, the spruce goose or moose. I'm sorry, was the like, you know, nickname that people gave it. I think I don't believe he cared for that term. For I feel like that's it. that's a manly plane. Any of those? I mean, a bomber. You know, B fifty two. That's pretty. That's pretty manly. I guess you just fly over stuff. I mean, now, it's certainly the, dangerous. But I thought like fighter jets would be manly. Fighter jets are manly. Yeah, see the bomber. You're just like. But I mean, the 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 connotations of manly is kind of weird because of, there there's plenty of chick pilots. Chick. Sorry, I don't mean to be uh, derogatory. If that's How derogatory, How dare I? <laughs> I said, what it's just did, my nomenclature. Did Slater from Saved by the Bell teach you nothing with Jesse? <laughs> did you learn nothing from that show? It's just my nomenclature. I'm stuck as a 16-year-old for the rest of my life, I think, as far as the way I speak. So. <laughs> no, and it was Niles who said the B-52 as an object was man. I mean, that's more that's what true. he implied by the joke there. So Blame it on the writers. No, yes. Plenty of women pilots. <laughs> of well, course. By it, contrast, it my ass what's, what's piloting, a f- what's, obviously. What's an effeminate plane? I think all of them, too. They're all pretty sexy. I was going to say. Me, that's, that's what's confusing. I was like, they're all pretty sexy. So maybe that's what he meant, that the B-52 was just so rigid. Yeah. It was like, a, like a, an old man like Martin. A Cessna's sexy plane. Yeah, I agree. That thing cuts through. It glides. Yeah. I, that, they're all very attractive in the way they move, in my opinion. They're airplanes. Now, I hate being in them. I don't want to be in any airplane ever during the course of my life. You don't like flying? Good God, no. I love it. Oh, gosh. It's so I, much fun. No, I don't like being on trains. I don't like flying. I don't particularly enjoy riding. Is it in the most? You, you sound like you. You literally sound like a like a chihuahua. <laughs> like if a chihuahua, if you asked a chihuahua that question, that's the answer they would give you. I, I don't know like if it's ride, a I can't ride in the back seat. I don't know if it's a chihuahua. The chihuahua can't drive. I'm fine driving a car. Listen, <laughs> don't compare me to some chihuahua. <laughs> I'm a motion sickness human. <laughs> I still have the facilities and capabilities of a man. I'm a human. <laughs> All right. <laughs> How dare you call me some chihuahua? You're just I mean, at least you're, a pug. you're channeling your your old dog from high school. Is that dog's Man, name? Katie? Old, what's that movie? Old Dogs with Tim Allen. That thing's a good one, right? What? Is that Wild Hogs? Wild Hogs was the Old Dogs like a sequel to it later on. I, I never know. caught any of that series. No so clue. I, don't know. I know Wild Hogs. I think I read Called the Wild. That That's was good. a was it a good book? Yeah. I got pretty bored with it. It's a good book. Did somebody eat a wolf? Yes. Okay. <laughs> That's what I'm pretty sure. I was like, I think somebody ate a wolf. I don't know, honestly. I mean, maybe they got eaten by a wolf, but from what I think, I think somebody ate a wolf and then like turned into half wolf or something like that. Maybe I'm getting it mixed up with teen wolf. I think that's it. I'm pretty sure. Anyway, so Frazier storms out of his room and into the main room there, and he quickly reveals that Martin skipped his physical. Mm. Martin walks in, lies. Uh, says, yo, yeah, everything went great. Blood pressure was good. You know, it's all perfect. He even put a fake Band-Aid on. That was the uh, kind of the good physical gag here <laughs> is that they go over and ripped off a Band-Aid that he had put on. So, yeah, because the Band-Aid wasn't fake. Just its purpose was fake. Right. Uh, his reasoning for not going to the doctor, he feels fine, but mainly he doesn't like the guy because he's got a big model of a colon that he puts his tongue depressors in, <laughs> which seems... Uh, 
Seems inappropriate. I agree with Martin on this one. Uh, it's one of my favorite jokes from the entire episode. That one makes me crack up every time. I mean, what? What? Are they, they normally just keep them in a like cookie that's a, just jar. A jar. Yeah, that's the thing. I was like, I don't. I do agree that certainly the doctor could choose something else. He's clearly screwing with people. I feel like, like if I saw that at a doctor's office, that would be my guy. Like I would be like, this guy's great. Right. I love his humor. I'm going to next time I'm going to, you know, <laughs> that's what's tricky. Is he just like a psycho where he's like eat butt and like, that's what he wants to do. Or is he just like a kind of a smart guy with a weird sense of humor? And that. he's like, Hey, I graduated medical school, but isn't this funny if I put tongue depressors over here, which it, it does seem like if Martin was his friend and they were at a bar, he would get a kick out of yeah. to a certain degree. I feel like that guy probably received that either as a gift or for, for whatever reason he was like, Oh great. I'll put it in my office. I'll put it in the waiting room or in the, in the patient room and I'll just stop put my tongue depressors in there. Or maybe it came more organically where it was in there and somebody else put the tongue depressors in there. And he was like, that's hilarious. It could be. Man, you just planned out your birthday and Christmas. I think I'm getting you a model of a colon for your birthday here in November and Christmas time. Big bag of tongue depressors. Bag of tongue depressors. Oh, gosh. Throw yeah. in some Tamagotchis and we got a deal, buddy. Yeah, those are available. They die pretty fast. That's man. why you got to get a bag of Tamagotchis. You got to get more than one. A satchel. A satchel of Tamagotchis. Or a bucket, yeah. Okay, yeah, a bucket will do too. Mm -hmm. A jar. A mm -hmm. colon full. A colon full of them. <laughs> yeah, that'll work. <laughs> Uh, so uh, Fraser kind of suggests his doctor, but Martin says he won't go to a woman for medical appointments, which mm -hmm. is fine. He makes a comment about wingtips or something like that. That's kind of the butt of this joke. No pun intended. Uh, but Daphne is appalled. She kind of goes through a weird description and says, you know, it's a high time that men had to go to the doctor because... Again, she gives a weird description about being cold and in the robe, naked. In the waiting room. Yeah. During that whole explanation, my wife was like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, like the whole time she's like, mm-hmm, like that's right, like banding with Daphne. Great. Yeah, well, I, I, I agree with Daphne. <laughs> this is where I think Niles was the most appalling that in this woman's like most vulnerable moment that she's complaining about he's like getting hot and steamy next to her where i'm like niles for the love of god like it's not just like ooh, she said that she was naked one time that's all i need bro and then his like tongue falls out of his mouth uh, i love so, it it's so innocent no it's not innocent it's <laughs> gross as could be uh but he quickly spins out of that and suggests his doctor to Martin, and uh, his doctor's name's Dr. Newman. Says he's in my building, uh, he's a physician, uh, and everyone kind of agrees. They're like, cool, give him his card, we'll, we'll set it all up. And then, yeah, we get to Dr. Newman's office pretty quick from there. We see Fraser Martin chilling in the waiting room. They seem a little perturbed that it's been an hour. I would say that's pretty common. Doctors make me wait all the time when yep. I go in. It's quite annoying. Yeah. Uh, I mean, okay. So have you ever, has your appointment ever gone long? No, they're done in like eight minutes. Oh, well, that, that failed. I was no, going to say that's they, the reason. No, they're just the chilling in the... What do you mean that's the reason? Absolutely not. That's what I envision the reason is. They're working with another patient and they're not done with them yet. No. Every doctor's appointment I have, they either... Don't show up at the beginning of it now that it's virtual and all telemedicine, 
or when they do show up on time, it lasts eight minutes, and then I'm sure they just go do something else for the next 22. Huh. I, I don't know what they do back there. Sit at their desk, play fantasy football or something, Set up. read medical journals. Yeah. I don't know. Read medical journals. Yeah. I'm sure they have to stay up to date to a certain degree, I'd imagine. To... They do. They have to take a lot of their practical exams. Okay. And they're, they're uh, what is, I have a friend who's a neurologist and she tells me about them all the time. Oh, gross. You have to keep going to school once you've already Do you know what neurology school? is? Well, yeah. I, I'm not saying that neurology is gross. Oh, I thought you meant like neurology is I'm just is saying gross. that having to go to school for stuff forever. Yeah. It's not school. They just have to take, uh, they have to get recertified all the time on a bunch of shit. And it makes sense. I don't want to go to a dummy doctor. Sure. I don't. I mean, actually, I don't care. To be honest, <laughs> I take that back. I really don't care, honestly. If they've passed the bare minimum exams, and they're <laughs> way better than any of us. That's right. That's the thing. <laughs> I was like, I take it all back. Actually, they probably know infinitely more than I will ever know. So yeah. whatever. Yeah. So I feel bad for the good ones. They keep learning. They're going for it. They're going hard. I appreciate them. They're putting in the work. Oh yeah. Anyway, this guy seems like he's pretty successful. Because uh, when Frazier goes up to ask the office worker the like front desk rep of the medical office there says no the guy's uh, driving back from lake chalon and fraser knows the lake he's like oh this guy must be he's good like, oh lake chalon yeah lake chalon <laughs> but during this fraser gives uh, martin a cosmo quiz i did not pull a cosmo quiz i certainly considered it here and i would have loved to have you take one um but i'll just ask some off the top of my head okay uh if you had one dream husband, who would it be? Brad Pitt, Johnny Depp, or Leonardo DiCaprio? Those are my choices. In uh, probably like 1993, yeah. <sighs> if Leo was even there, Leo was young. Was I mean, little, yeah, he was young. That's he Gilbert, was coming that's around. Gilbert Grape era. A boy's life was coming up. Yeah, yeah. Or I like think, Mar- I think that gets Marvin's room. <laughs> I that forget. One? Yeah, I do. I forget what year. I think that was a little earlier, but um, um hmm. yeah, he was not Titanic Leo at this point. So yeah, sub about somebody else. Sub about Clooney, even though I don't think ERs on the air yet. Hmm. Heck, throw out Schwimmer. Give me Schwimmer. Definitely Schwimmer. Then, then if Schwimmer's an, yeah, if Schwimmer's an option, I'd go Schwimmer I all agree. day long. That's the thing. I would take Schwimmer. I, was like, I like a funny man. I like an indie hottie, and that's what I think okay. Schwimmer is. Like, okay. He's not a standard Brad Pitt or Johnny, Johnny Depp, Depp, yeah, who seems like a terrible guy to be married to based yeah. on <laughs> recent <Recently>. news. <laughs> um, and Brad and Jen didn't make it, and neither did Brad and Angelina, so yeah. I don't know what's going on there. And you're too old for Leo, so. And I know nothing about David Schwimmer's dating history at all, really. Yeah. I'd go with Ross, 100%. Yeah. Give it to me. Yeah. I agree. Mm. So, Frazier, uh, you know... <laughs> During this, Martin does ask a woman why she's there, and she lists off a laundry list of like just gross stuff about <laughs> her. I did not write it, it all down. It seemed like an horrifying. infomercial for like medicine. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it was that type of acting. She was like, my skin is so okay. scaly, and I'm having a hard time even getting out of bed. And then it's like the, you know, the narrator's like, is this you? I think she thought that's what the role was that day. She didn't know any better. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe yeah. not. Maybe she's a longtime actress who's very well esteemed, but she looked like maybe just a side actress that has been doing this stuff. Yeah, no clue. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> but I agree. It did look more like a medical commercial than anything else. You're not wrong about that. 
So Marty's reaction to her speaking though was uh, <laughs> was great because he's like, he was like, oh, she was like, well, why are you here? And he was like, I've got sensitive nipples. That's tough to deal with, man. Sensy nippies. You know is, about that? Sensitive nipples? I mean, you know, I'm not immune to a sensitive nipple every now and then. Now, granted, I do rub ice on them quite frequently just to have fun, cool down, have, you know. That's just how you roll. Pass the time on yeah. a Sunday afternoon. I've had I've had issues with sensitive nips before. Like, you know, like when <laughs> like when your shirt rubs on it and you're like, Jesus, like and and yeah, and you just kind of think to yourself, like, what what's what and as you get older, I start to think that like I've got serious issues. And so I find myself like Googling sensitive nipples and then landing on the wrong page. Oh, um those are, send me those links when you <laughs> when you land there you just fire those over by text buddy <laughs> via, via. i'll check those out for you trust me i'm a licensed <laughs> physician i assure you all right I'll i've been taking those same practical courses over the last few minutes here since you told me about those things yeah. for neurology i've gotten certified in several of them oh so wow you, you send me your stuff about sensitive nipples send me those links i'll let you know what's going on okay yeah. Put your medical opinion on it. I will put my medical opinion on it. <laughs> um, so, Fraser then walks over, kind of uh, somber, says, uh, "Martin uh, or Dad, you know, the appointment's been canceled." And then this, another time, we're again as a season one first time viewer, I would have been like, I kind of sympathize with what Martin's about to go through here. But Martin just unleashes on this doctor in the waiting room like this the arrogant, inconsiderate jerk. I bet he's on the golf course having the time of his life or some <laughs> crap. We were like, damn, Martin just went from zero to a hundred. Well, he guy. showed his true cards on like how he feels about doctors and why he really doesn't go to them, I guess. I, clearly it's like I, my dad my dad's the same way he's like you know he says it's because if nothing's wrong don't fix it type of scenario but i really think he's just mad that doctors get to be like you know paid for what they do or some shit i don't know <laughs> i mean this is similar to the i mean i know costanza goes off on this in seinfeld <laughs> yeah. about how they're delicate geniuses or whatever <laughs> i believe is what he calls them because because when they cancel they don't refund your time yeah. but you have to refund their time if there's not a 24-hour cancellation <laughs> notice which is an interesting premise actually <laughs> so in this scenario though martin like i said no no punches pulled here. Mar Fraser kind of tells him after a couple seconds that, hey, man, the guy's dead or whatever. <laughs> and Martin does flip his script that, oh, I bet he's a good man. But he really does embody old man America. Yeah, I feel does. like in 1993 where younger viewer, I'd be like, oh, God, that's relatable. But I don't want that represented on TV too right. much. <laughs> uh, so long story short, Dr. Newman the doctor they came to see is dead. Gone. He's, yeah, he's a goner. So then we finally get to KACL. I thought we'd spend more time here this episode, but we do not. This is a very KACL limited episode. Yeah, no, not, get, not getting a lot of work done. Yeah, no bulldog, no nothing. Uh, Frazier agonizing over this physician's death. He's beside himself. Uh, he's clearly grappling with his own mortality. And Bra's unfazed and really unemotional and unempathetic towards Fraser's pain here in any way <laughs> says it's mainly because she's younger than him 
well, you're 41 and I'm, well, not, I think is how she phrases it. So really turn in the knife. Um, that could easily be a card that gets played on her in, what do you think? Seven years? Yeah. You think she's 34? She's probably, yeah. Uh, you know, closing in on her mid-30s, I would imagine. That's what's tricky. I'm like, is she supposed to be mid-20s, like 26? No. No or way. is she mid third? Like, I'm old now, so I don't know. I'm judging it more of like the actress's look versus the character's look. So. Yeah. No, I'd, I'd say I'd say you're probably right on the money, mid-30s. Mid-30s. So it's fine. It's just not a lot of foresight by Roz. It could catch up on her quickly. <laughs> 34. She's also 41. just razzing Fraser because he's being very dramatic. <laughs> it's true. He, he lost a, a colleague, I mean, to a degree. Not it's a somewhere. fucking colleague. That's hey, a dude he never even met. He was in his office. I mean, you know, it's... It would be shocking, at least for 24 hours. I'd say you get 24 hours if you're waiting on a guy and then they're like, oh, yeah. He dropped dead. He dropped dead. <laughs> and you're like, well, <laughs> God dang it. I was about to see that guy. What happened? And you know, yes. Um, so I get it. He doesn't know a lot. <laughs> I would also say that as a doctor, I mean, I take that back. Fraser's emotional about everything. So yeah. don't worry about what I was going to say. <laughs> um so Roz is unconcerned about Frazier, but she is a little concerned because she is dating an older dude and we don't get to find out how old here. So what did you think? What, what do 60s. you think? 60s. 60s. Mm -hmm. Damn. That's Roz's style. Man. So that's what's weird about this scene. It seemed like Roz was really leaning in on the like, yeah, I just hook up with people and I hook up with a lot of people. And if they're older dudes with lots of money, that's fine and that's totally cool it was just a weird time where you just kind of saw her really being herself and owning it as mm -hmm. opposed to Frazier ever like bringing it up and then Frazier was like how come every time we talk it's always about your sex <laughs> life or something so I was like was that an intentional thing where they're like typically it's Frazier bringing this up but she's clearly just pushing it this time like I don't want to talk about your dead guy friend Let's talk about the dude I'm hooking up with. Yeah, and she always implies that she's dynamite in the sack. She definitely implies that. Uh, she says some people are good at something. So very casual about how sex is a great talent in her life, uh, which is, again, an odd thing to share with a coworker in like a, you know, just private setting. You know, you're like, it's fine. <laughs> like, we're not joking around here. You're being real serious about how good you are in the sack. It's like, okay, you're I appreciate it. Thank you. So, okay, I get it. So she can hack it. I, I agree. She is, like you said, able to throw punches back and Raz Frazier just as good. Yeah. So I do like that part about this quick little scene. <laughs> um, then we get back to the apartment. Niles is there. He's got this run about how he says he's been pumping iron. So <laughs> he's carrying that thread through. He wants to show he's a manly man. Macho. You pump much iron these days? God, no. What do you bench? I mean, in all honesty, I could probably throw up about, I don't know, 175. You mean a max? Like just a one pump and one pump and done? Just max it out? Give me a one pump. What do you got? I bet you I could, I bet you I could push about 205. I bet. I don't know. Well, that's cool. That's probably fucking nothing compared to what people actually bench. Yeah, I could do 210. What can you curl? Oh, pfft. 
Look at these string beans. I can't curl nothing. I, I can't even do a single pull-up. I try all the time. When we go to the park, there's a thing you can hang off of. And and I, and I if my life depended on it, if I was going to fucking die unless I did a single pull-up, I would die. Guaranteed. I just got too much. I got too much lank. Too much lank. I'm just, there's too, it's too far to go. And my muscles are not long enough to pull up, you know, all 200 pounds of my body. What do you curl? Steve, I bet I could curl a maximum of like 80 pounds. That's cool. I could do 85. <laughs> what could you squat? Oh, now we're talking. Now we're talking. I bet I could squat 350. I could do 355. <laughs> All right. So I just wanted to make that clear. I just wanted to remind you uh, that Steve's not flexing. This, uh, he's, it's always been that way. <laughs> exactly. Look, I'm known for my physical physique and how much I mm-hmm. weight lift. I pump tons of iron. That's what everybody says when I mention your name. They're like, man, is he still ripped? <laughs> still jacked. <laughs> still like, jacked up. Get jacked like Cena. God, yeah. I remember that guy. He was just incredible back in the yeah. day. Yeah. You look like Chappelle does now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why he did that. <laughs> I have no clue. He was like, I mean, it's fine. Like I don't it's insecurity know. about being a little string bean guy. Yeah, I guess it's tough. you just got to own it at a certain point. You're like, look, the only growing I'm doing is not going to happen on my arms. <laughs> most likely I'm like, it's just going to be the way it is. <laughs> anyway, Frazier makes a nice joke about how Niles has not been pumping iron. He doesn't even pump his own gas. <laughs> Good joke. <laughs> um, but Dr. Newman's Frazier or sorry, Dr. Newman's passing has put Frazier into action a little bit. He's, He's getting his will taken care of. He's putting his affairs in order. I'll say. Yeah, he's got some little, you know, he's just got a bundle of stuff that he's going to go through here. Um, he pulls out stickers. <laughs> I think maybe this is common for older people to do like at one point in time and then they go through if, it, if they have an estate of things. Yeah, basically. we did it with my, when my grandma passed away. Right. So yeah. she's, he's like, basically, hey, just go. Put some stickers with your name on it on stuff you want bequeathed to you. <laughs> and so we start this thread throughout the episode here. Uh, and then he, he's a little not necessarily offended in this moment, but he does make an example of like, what about my African mask? And we find out that nobody gives a crap about his African mask and Daphne covers it up. Very creeped out by it. Yeah. Doesn't want anything to do with it. <laughs> uh, and then Frazier has really really put together his estate plan for his own burial, Mm -hmm. which I guess I have not done for my untimely death. I mean, you know, you make loose plans for like, Hey, who watches my kids? Right. Like, like, do I have life insurance? uh, Yeah. yeah. Uh, Well, yeah, I've got to take out a special policy because all the like, cliff jumping and stuff like that that i all do. the extreme sports that you that you do yeah yeah exactly i'm like robbie knievel mm-hmm. but i do it not on skateboards on rollerblades yes yeah. so anytime you see like a big gorge or anything yeah like, like you're jumping the grand canyon next week right? that's right yeah canyons are too small for me i need bigger than a canyon i need i need huge mountains what, exactly so tell me what's bigger than a canyon uh a chasm that's what i'm going with then that's what i was thinking i was like there's something so i need to jump a chasm on my rollerblades yeah now so that's why i had to take out special policies it's because i do a lot of rollerblade jumping you know there's one on mars no yeah yeah there's a giant chasm on mars that's like it's like 10 times deeper than the grand canyon 
Oh, okay. I think I have heard something mm-hmm. about some giant grand. Get game. your ass to Mars. Well, I think I know where we're going for season two of this podcast. Mars, baby. From Mars, live jump over the Mars chasm. Man, that's going to be badass. Sunday. So badass. So he's put together this Airbnb binder is what it looks like, uh, where it's like instructions for every little thing about it. And he even has the caterer planned out. Niles knows the caterers. I think he's very good. Yeah, says they're very good. Very good. Um, how do you know the cater? I'm sorry. I, I guess that's what I never take into account. This is an untimely death. Sure. He's in. He's thinking in the moment. Like, what happens if I die next week? Are you going to say like how you know they're going to still be in they, business? Exactly. That's what I keep. I'm just like, well, he keeps saying this is in the event of my untimely yeah. death. So what like, if they okay. die before you? Yeah, exactly. That's why I'm always just like, Frazier, there's a lot of variables here. Like, I think you don't need to make it so specific. I'm yeah. like, what happens and what catering company were you seeing? People what? definitely do that. It's interesting for sure. I was like, there's just a lot of variables. He wants to be buried. Do you want to be buried? Oh, no. I think we established last week I'm going to be taxidermied. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Shoved up in the corner. That's right. I want to be shot out into space. Shot out into space is cool. I've heard some good ones over the years. Yeah, space is pretty cool. I like Or maybe like frozen like David Blaine was that one time. Okay. I'd maybe like to be eaten in candy bars all across the world, like Willy Wonka style. Like, Whoa. They just kind of like grind me up and like a non-lethal amount would go into a lot of candy bars, <laughs> you know, and like a non-cannibalistic a amount. Like we're talking like micro specs. It's, it's like it, it's akin to uh, like when somebody gets cremated and then you roll them up into a joint yeah. and smoke them. And then like a hundred years later, if you've got any of my DNA yeah. inside of you, then you win a tour of a factory that is yet to be built. Whoa. Yeah. I'd say it's a brilliant hundred year marketing plan. My children's children's children are going to love this micro spec Willy Wonka factory building idea. Like great, great grandpa was weird. <laughs> he was. <laughs> you don't want to know, man. <laughs> oh, so, uh, Frazier says Daphne will probably find him if he dies in this untimely death scenario. And she does quickly reveal that she's been around lots of patients that have died. Lots of her clients have died <laughs> so before. reassuring. Yeah, exactly. Which Martin doesn't like to hear. That's a, that's a nice thread. But Martin's like, great. I appreciate that. Uh, then we get to Frazier kind of wrapping things doesn't up. Doesn't she just do physical therapy? Like, I was it's, thinking about that. Like, how, like, really? Like, you're, you've been around a bunch of people that have died in your line of of hospitality i'm also confused by that as well i'm like how many people has she worked with? you're not like a hospice nurse yeah i was also confused by like the quantity that she was referring she to here stretches and like rehabilitation yeah like we feel like martin's a long way off yeah and, you know from yeah. that point so who knows? Who knows with that? I don't know. I'm not in that. I'm not in that line of work. Yeah. So after he wraps it up, Fraser does quickly try to celebrate with a chateau, or sorry, a chateau certain, 1975. I would imagine is the 75 here. And uh, Niles quickly uh, says, "Oh no, 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 no! Don't do that when it's too good." Uh, and <laughs> then as soon as uh, Fraser says, "All right, I'll switch to a Beaujolais." turns his back and you see Niles just plop that sticker on. So first <laughs> yeah, thing you see motive. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, not more than two minutes after he's given this sticker to bequeath <laughs> things, you know, or what he wants bequeathed to him. <laughs> he slaps a sticker on there. So what would be the first thing that you would pop a sticker on in, in Fraser's apartment? Ooh, what uh, do you want? 
Uh, that damn chair, man. Marty's chair. Marty's chair. Looks okay. just incredible, buddy. I'm going for the Steinway immediately. Oh, yeah, yeah. The piano's a good call. That is an interesting Not call. because it's a high dollar item and just because it's fucking Steinway and I would love right. to have a baby grand. No, no, yeah. The piano's a perfect call. I would say, yeah, the, the chair is just iconic and it's comfortable looking, but there's probably lots of things. I couldn't take his bathtub out of the house. Oh, his bathtub is nice. I was going to say, but it seems like a luxurious bathtub. Yeah. So if I could slap a sticker on that bathtub and move it over, have it done, uh, install in my house. Oof. Oh, God, just be incredible. Just install it in the kitchen. Yeah, that, that's a... Um, can you install a bathtub in the kitchen? I mean, I don't Fuck see yeah, why if not. There's plum, if it's plumbed... Will it hook up to the same dish wa- dishwashing lines or do you just have to run different lines? No, 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 same lines. You just have to alter them. I guess you're right. I guess in Arrested Development, George Sr. did put a hot tub up in the <laughs> attic. Yeah, he did, except for the fact that their plumbing went nowhere. <laughs> their plumbing just went under, dumped under the house. <laughs> I'm going to get a hot tub inside. <laughs> Will that kill me? Can I put a hot tub in the house? Kramer did it. Oh, that's right. Kramer had it in his apartment. It blew the fuse, though, so... <laughs> That he got too That's cold. New York. This is Texas. <laughs> We're true. on our own grid. We'll be fine. Trust me, dude. I've thought about it uh, because they make those portable ones that you can like blow up. You know, <laughs> and you see them at the fair. I, I've thought about it. I'm like, hmm, I could put that. You know, things gonna blow you at up. least in my garage. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a bad idea. You're not, you're not wrong. Uh, so then we open on the next scene, still in the apartment, but it's kind of the middle of the night. There, uh, Frazier's in a robe on the couch. It's not the striped robe. We've seen him in before. Uh, and we also see Martin in a robe. Frazier kind of goes off on this sad sap crap about how, oh, I mean, can you imagine what would happen if I died? Ugh. I'd never see Freddy hit his home, first home run or something like that. You can't let those thoughts intrude your mind all the time, in my opinion. Well, you're right. But more of my case would be like, uh, Fraser, you don't see crap that Freddie does already. It's you true. don't live near Frederick in any way, shape, or form. You see him, as far as we know, maybe one to three weeks a year. Does Maris have Freddie enrolled in sports? Lilith. I'm sorry. Uh, God damn it. Every damn time. Right. Normally, it's me. Normally, I do <clears throat> misspeak. Or Does Lilith have Freddie involved in sports? At this point, we don't know. I, I, I don't recall at any point him being a wild sportsman other than maybe what's he doing like yeah i don't remember like a polo thing or even anything fancy yeah. i don't remember anything i think it was maybe always like chess or something yeah i, I doubt it i mean he was really excited when Frazier got to play in that baseball game he wanted to see his dad play so he's yeah. interested in sports when they had the kacl game that's true. any on kid's gonna want to do it my daughter's starting dance soon i'm super excited about dance that. is more fun dance yeah. is non-competitive right uh so sports unfortunately get competitive uh and early years are great it hits a point where you're like oh those kids are naturally gifted and much taller they will dominate this sport at this young age group or you whatever you must have played everything man you're so jacked up over there i i figured that you'd have heismans and all american everything no nope, i just sat around i ate sandwiches yep. i was like in a in a chamber protecting these guns like a bub like a bubble boy kind of like a bubble boy but it was like a perfect chamber <laughs> that was kept at a certain temperature so <laughs> if i got any higher than that temperature that's why i couldn't play sports yeah uh then my muscles would literally explode whoa that's right it's rare 
it's not as rare as you think. There's huh. actually at least 27 people on Earth that have this exact same physique. That had to live in a hyperbaric chamber. Yeah, I thought about doing a podcast for them, but my numbers, they'd just be so low. Yeah. But just think about the engagement rate, you know? I uh, think we've already mentioned how you're one of the last, and our listener, if, you, if you're listening, listener, uh, Steve, Steve is one of the last remaining people in an iron lung. They don't make them much anymore. That's why I have to come to his house. I'm also one of the few people that's had it, multiple exorcisms performed on them, and I'm still allowed to exist in society mm-hmm. normally. Yeah. So, you know, they've they've tried. Some of them took, some of them to, did. They tried. They're trying to take me down. They're not going to do it. Uh, so, Martin tells him about a time he got scared after he busted some guys, and someone got shot, basically. Yeah. And kind of says he just got over it. And then kind of the button on that joke is that him eventually getting shot was purely coincidental, basically. Right. Um, So that was a fun little run. (laughs) Um, But overall, Martin says pretty much what you were saying there is that, hey, you know, basically just because someone else dies doesn't mean you'll die. Try not to sweat it too much, Frazier. And uh, Frazier's just really drilled in. And I could see how this would happen is he is really dialed in on the fact that they were of similar age. He did work in close proximity to his brother. They probably had similar medical backgrounds overall. And maybe this was, if I'm going to play the Frasier game here, maybe this was displaced fear for his brother's death and not his own death because he did work in closer proximity to Niles and it was in the same building. Yeah. And it was a Niles recommended physician for his father. So maybe it just manifested throughout Frasier as his own insecurity with his own death very narcissistic and egotistical typical fraser behavior or maybe he was actually a decent human and it was concerned for niles or something like sure. that i don't know huh um but that's what he really drills in on is the like we had the same profession even though they don't they're he's that dude's a physician he's not he's a psychiatrist right. or whatever he says they were similar age okay you know again not Lots of 41-year-olds die, I would imagine, sure. for some reason. Um, yeah. Then, he, also, he also said that they have a similar, slightly receding hairline. Okay, yeah. That was a good one. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, he looked up his looks, and I think that's where he's like, okay, so Frazier is kind of dialed in on the guy's looks, but Martin quickly points out, that's all you know about him. Yeah. You don't know his medical history. So I don't know why on earth Martin said that. Um, Because he's trying to get him to stop thinking about his own death. All he did was unintentionally spur him to go. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. That's all right. Um, But all he did was spur him to go creep out even more and look into the guy's medical history, which (laughs) is not. Don't do that, Fraser. Like, you're not going to like what you find either way. Um, And who cares? What if the guy did have a bad medical history? I don't think it's going to make Fraser feel that much better or satiated. Yeah, he's, he definitely starts to obsess about it. He's What is he? I don't know if it's this scene, but he's looking. He, he's talking about the human heart and how delicate it is. And one tear will will stop your life, you know? And it's like, yeah, but like, you know, it's it does what it does. And that's rare. And like, I mean, he's not wrong. It's the same thing. Driving a car. Of things that like, can kill you. That's yeah. like I say, like driving a car seems outrageous to me, but I still do it and I enjoy it. But any one lane road, you're just like, Dear God. Yeah. Like we're 70 miles an hour. 
within feet from each other. You're like, good gravy. I don't like driving cars. Every okay. time you skydive off of one of those cranes in downtown Dallas, you're not thinking about, yeah, I could die doing this. So, Well, I'm always protected by one of those shark cages. Right. If you put those things on outside of you, yeah. uh, even if the parachute fails to open, I think you're fine. I think so. It hasn't happened yet where I've had to rely on the shark cage. Right. But they're so well built. Right. It's not going to crush your body or like, you know, li- oh, liquefy you no. or chop you up like a cheese Buddy, buddy, buddy. I studied physics. Right, right. I and studied it. That's why I'm a physician. You're over there currently right now on your laptop becoming a doctor. So, yeah. I've taken at least 12 of these courses already. Tomato. Neurology, physicist, physician, all the big ones. Sure. You get your you get that degree from Trinidad, Trinidad and Tobago and you're good, man. The TNT. I love those guys. <laughs> incredible and mighty ducks too weren't they yeah. oh just incredible those unis just so good unbelievable so then we get to our next scene here frazier's at dr newman's home i believe yep. maybe it's a relative but i'm pretty sure it's his home frazier shows up unannounced don't know what he was planning on doing here just interviewing the wife like he shows up at the dude's home just asking medical history questions asking <laughs> medical history questions like that's what confused me and i was like what was his plan if there was no party? Like, okay. I think he thought that there, they didn't Sorry. realize there was going to be anything. There. I didn't mean to say party. <laughs> like, that's the thing. I'm being disrespectful. I'm sorry. Yeah. Fraser shows up unannounced while the family is sitting Shiva. Um, he's left alone. He's invited in very quickly. Uh, I think he says they were old friends. That's kind of the initial lie he goes with, that they were both doctors. Yeah. And... I don't know how much he lies outright, but that's kind of what he leans in on. He implies that they were colleagues and that he knew him previously, especially to the person that answered the door. Right. I think that's the biggest one. Like just getting in. Yeah. I think he, I felt like he lied a little bit more there yeah. than on the other ones. Every other time, I think he just was like, yeah, I was a doctor that knew him. It's funny something. that they like immediately could tell he wasn't Jewish though. Cause he was like, what's this? Like, <laughs> Well, that's why I do feel bad. Um, where I'm just like, okay. Um, or I don't feel bad um, for Frazier. I feel bad for myself because I would be this guy. That <laughs> You're like, what's going on? Yeah, I'm going to be like, hey, guys, what's going down? You guys got some queso over here? And they'd be like, no, we don't have queso over here at the Shiva. Like, oh, my bad. I'm so sorry. Uh, but like I said, He's left alone, starts looking around. He spots a covered mirror mm-hmm. uh, and starts peeking underneath it and says, I thought this might be an unveiling. <laughs> <laughs> like a, like an artwork or something. Yeah. So I said, I believe it's the aunt who comes up to him, <laughs> uh, Dr. Newman's elder aunt. And yeah, that's where he makes the art unveiling joke, <laughs> which I thought was outstanding. Like, she, And again, she was like, you're not Jewish, are you? No, but he's a great liar. Like, <laughs> what an incredible lie to come up with on the spot where he's like, what the hell's going on here? And then he's like, oh, uh, I just uh, thought uh, there might be an art unveiling. <laughs> like, it's very quick thinking. I got to give it to Frazier. I was like, all right, very, very good. Cover it up as snooping. Um, so, don't, yeah. Dr. Newman's aunt is the one who it was. Yeah. So Fraser quickly asked her like a fire hose of questions about his, the dude's medical history and pretty much told hey, dude was in good health. And one thing I did notice throughout the scene here is that as Fraser is continuing to ask other people about the health of this guy, yes, it's commonly corroborated that dude's a health nut, dude worked out all the time, but everyone that Fraser's introduced to almost knows who Frazier is. Sure. 
They're like, oh, Fraser Crane from the radio. Dude is smashing it in the Jewish community, I feel like. Like, I see why he got Lilith. Clearly, listeners of the Jewish faith are connecting with Fraser Crane's show type and whatever he's putting out there. Because I'd say, like, that's a huge just awareness rate. If you go through a party and work a room of people you don't know yeah. and they all know your show and have heard your show, it felt like that's pretty dang good. So. Well, logically, okay. And the, it's an AM station. <laughs> there's a lot of talk radio that goes that that is played in Jewish households from my experience. Okay. That's what okay, good good point. A lot to of say. talk radio. Also, professionally, a lot of psychiatrists. All right. Also good to know. Yes. That's it. I don't know what, uh, you know, like how popular just the demographics were not because it was mainly women. I feel like in this particular party sure. that knew who Fraser Crane was. Like, so I was oh, like, okay, Fraser. Fraser is testing very well with women. I think we found out a couple episodes ago. Uh -huh. I think he's also testing extremely well with women who attend Jewish shivas. I don't know what their faith is all around, but man, he's, crushing it here it's crushing it uh so his shows must be taken off that's all i could think of is yeah shows must be doing well he's got good marketing it's going great i'm sure like, he picked up on that too yeah <laughs> so frazier finally stumbles across the uh, the doctor's wife um and she's very touched that frazier showed up says the partner in the guy's office only stayed for 15 minutes so this is the first time i'll say maybe dr newman was a total asshole okay it's because of the fact that his his family says he's great. Sounds like he was at the gym a lot. But anybody else is like, Meh. Yeah. Sounds like he cared a lot about his health. Didn't really uh, splurge too much. Somebody earlier said, like, if they knew a dessert was in the house, he'd kill them. Yeah. <laughs> like, maybe Dr. Newman died of stress. You know, <laughs> he was just an uptight a-hole. Just a very angry, pent-up guy, maybe. And, yeah. And then the partner's like, well, Jesus, this guy left me everything. Now I've got to do all the freaking work around here at this place. We've got nobody else. Guy was a total a-hole. He ran everything through himself. Just, God, I got to get, I can't even stay for 15 minutes at this guy's shiva. I'm out of here. Because you <laughs> said it was a week-long thing. It is. And they were like, you didn't even stay 15 minutes. And I was like, damn. Like, either that guy's an a-hole or Dr. Newman's colleagues were like, F that dude. So <laughs> He popped I, in, ate some locks, and left. <laughs> <laughs> The old locks and leave. The old locks and leave. <laughs> That's a common thing you do. When your partner dies, you do a locks and leave. That's right. <laughs> That's another trick. <laughs> I don't know that one. See, I've got so much to learn. I never knew. I, you pulled a locks and leave? Pulled a locks and leave. That's oh, man. classic. Uh, so throughout this, M Mrs. Newman, so the doctor's wife, basically is kind of grappling with the same thing that Fraser's grappling with to a degree. Obviously, it's her husband who died. But just the logical nature of it from a physical health standpoint is what she seemed to be dialed in on. The like, I can't get over it. So she kind of plays a hypothetical with Frazier and says, if I was a caller, here's kind of what I'd say to you. What would you say back? Right. And it's like, I don't know how the hell this guy died. He's 41. He was healthy. He was in perfectly good health. He did everything he was supposed to do. Um, you know. They said it was a heart attack? 
Uh, I think maybe it was a heart attack. I don't know. Isn't everything a heart attack? I mean, it could be a stroke. It could be uh, an aneurysm. Correct. There's a lot of things that could just kill you like that. Yes, but all, yeah. I mean, could have a weird genetic thing that all of a sudden just pops off. Yeah, I, I forget if they specified. I don't think they knew in the office yet. And a lot of times maybe you don't tell people until you get a coroner's report or something like that. So maybe, I don't know. He dropped dead picking up the paper. I remember yeah. Fraser saying that. He was bending over to pick up the paper and I don't know. Got hernia. a hernia in his testicle. I don't know that it was a testicle hernia. Um, they don't. Do, that doesn't happen as much anymore to doctors. I think they're immune from it. They know how to do those stretches. <laughs> um, but, uh, so during this, Fraser's like, all right, well, I understand what you're going through. He doesn't really kind of reveal that he's been going through the same stuff. Mm-hmm. How do I, how the hell do I reconcile the fact that this super healthy dude died? Right. Um, but he gives some pretty good advice, you know, pretty much what you gave earlier is this, hey, sometimes life's odd. Nobody really knows, man. So uh just enjoy the little joys and surprises is what he calls it there. And just take it each day as it comes, because really we could all be dead at any moment, unfortunately. And sure. Fraser kind of I guess comes to grips with that, even though logically. Well, and it's good he came to grips with it because, yeah, I mean, like, you can't just go around living your life scared that you're going to die all the time, especially as a psychiatrist, because that is a straight up just in your head type thing. You're right. And that's where I think this was honestly the logical side of Frazier responding emotionally to an event that occurred to him at the beginning of the episode right basically where in a normal scenario no he would never go around doing this but if you see someone of the same profession same health same age let me try to take some preventative measures basically that i didn't have in place before so i think he approached it logically from putting his affairs in order but then wildly emotionally everywhere else and quite funnily throughout uh so you know Frazier just being old Frazier as usual. But he gives great advice. The aunt loved it. She overheard it. She was all about it. She was like, hey, thanks. I think that's kind of the the point of this whole deal. Sure. Uh, don't focus on death. You know, like like I said, like, hey, it won't, won't get you much of anywhere in your brain to focus on it. So yeah. Frazier had his week of death talk, and now he's gone. <laughs> so my favorite part here is that as he leaves, Another woman just hits on Frasier randomly. We couldn't go through the episode without Frasier, you know, pulling some tail. Well, also confusing why Roz has given him such crap about his sex life. I'm like, I'm pretty sure Frasier smashes like. And he does okay. Yeah, he he uh, we've talked about it many times. He he gets some very beautiful women. Yeah. Is it like he's going to do just fine? He walked through a room and every woman in the place knew him. Mm -hmm. And then as he's leaving, I don't even think that woman heard the speech. It wasn't like she was like, oh, there's that sensitive dude. She was just like celebrity. Yeah. And she was like, I don't know. I don't normally do this, but I'm not going to get another chance. So I'm going to type type, you know, approach. He's got fangirls. Just <laughs> yeah. try, he's got groupies trying to hook up with them at these places. You're like, okay, Frazier, no offense, Roz. You're getting by on Rozisms. Frazier is real deal local celebrity level. I walk into a room, I'm getting cards. That's that true. That dude and is plowing. I would say that probably 80% of the guys that Roz meets are at a bar. <laughs> Yeah, and we've seen like she was dating a younger grunge dude a few weeks back or mm-hmm. something like that who 
that's fine. She's having her fun and stuff like that. And grunge was probably cool. But I mean, Frazier's like, he's right. His level is rising at this point. I did not realize that too. So at this point in the series, I'm like, oh, Frazier can walk into a room. And people and know I, who and, he is. Yeah. yeah it's like, I did not realize he had reached that level yet. So he might have billboards already or something. Could be. Yeah. So Frazier's really coming up. That's kind of the one thing I would say is maybe the takeaway there of this scene is that Frazier. Strangers know who Frazier is. He's, <laughs> how can he be the lowest rated? That's true. Uh, yeah, and that that doesn't really track like that. His that he's the lowest rated on the entire thing. Yeah, especially since there's some old woman talking about sewing or whatever it is. Oh, either way, he's connecting at that party. I either love way, it. so I do love it too. Our credit scene: we see Daphne folding laundry and then covering up the African mask, <laughs> which was just a lot of fun. Uh, our sideshow, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, You Gotta Be a Football Hero, Season 4, Episode 12, aired Monday, November, or sorry, it aired uh, the Monday of that week. Uh, I forget what November date it was, but it was uh, before Thursday, December 2nd. Right. Uh, <laughs> I don't have my calendar in front of me right now. Sorry. Uh, Jordan, tell me about uh, your football career. I remember you playing some fun positions in football. Oh, man. Uh, so, I, yeah, I started playing football flag football in like second grade played that for a couple years and then moved on to tackle and tried out for pop warner which is uh, down here in the south that's like uh you know you try out for it it's real competitive didn't make it i was a little teeny tiny guy um until i was in high school and uh so i went on and played like some ymca style you know svaa which is basically ymca uh, uh sports and found out that i because i well i was a i was a decent athlete when i was a kid and i found out that I could just throw my entire body weight and just just demolish guys. So they put me in as a linebacker. So played linebacker for a while, but then I never I didn't grow as the other kids grew. And so I also discovered that I had uh, a pretty good talent for deep snapping. And I right. could, I was the only one that could deep snap a tight spiral. Um, but ironically, I was like teeny tiny, like little teeny tiny guy, and I was the deep snapper. And so. My team, uh, when I was a deep snapper in like eighth grade, had like the most blocked punts and kicks of any team in the league because I would just get smashed. So I started doing a somersault every time I would smash and uh, just like trip the trip the nose guard in front of me. Um, and yeah, that was the extent that I quit in ninth grade. I stopped because they were like, oh, you got to take a shower. And I was like, nope. Yeah, I played varsity, went all the way. Yeah, almost won a Heisman myself. Yeah. Uh, Tom Brady was the only guy in the nation that beat you out for that, wasn't it? I quit because I was too good. You were you too know, good. Was, yeah. it, the game just be, uh, became too easy. Yeah. You know, at a certain point. You were too like, worried that you were going to hurt other players. That's and, right. yeah, yeah. I, my arms became registered weapons in mm -hmm. all 50 states. And then at that point, you can't legally play right. in sanctioned games. You right. Know, so it's tough. You got to be intramural or nothing. You were, you were basically a ringer type scenario. And they were like, no, no, no. He's, this guy is better than most NFL players at this point yeah we have nowhere to put them yeah there's nowhere yeah nowhere to put them that's also why they wouldn't offer you nfl contracts they couldn't they couldn't it's not do that it. they wouldn't legally they couldn't, they couldn't yeah. do it they tried yeah multiple times yeah uh so this one yeah monday november 29th 1993 first we'll start with what on earth is the fresh prince of bel-air i watched a bunch of it as a kid I did not watch it weekly as it aired. I definitely caught it more in syndication mm -hmm. for sure. Or like after schools, I'd watch it when it was on in reruns sure. for sure. Um, but it aired from 
1990 through 1996, obviously it stars Will Smith. He was kind of the character who played a fictionalized version of himself. Also, he was named Will Smith in the series. I didn't realize that yeah. until last night. I thought it was like Will something else. No, like I guess they have just, a different last name. Yeah, no, I me. I mean, I didn't think that either. Um, but like Banks was always the last name you just heard the most right. or whatever. So I I never really thought about what his last name was. I just thought his name was Will, and right. I never really was like, what's his last name? Never thought about it until they said it. So until like, he was like, "Hi, I'm Will Smith." Yeah, yeah, and then he introduced himself as Will Smith, and I was like, "Oh, okay, he plays Will Smith on this show. That's odd." Uh, but yeah, it uh, ran on NBC. Got 148 episodes there, and then they tried to reboot it. I guess they do this with the, a bunch of th- a bunch of different shows. This one was the dramatic reimagining of it. So, did you hear about this when they rebooted Fresh Prince as just Bel Air? Yeah, yeah, I did, and uh, I think I think Barbara's seen a couple episodes, and she says that it's really good. She said she was like, I like what they did with it, and I like the fact that they you know took a more serious approach, and it's kind of more about this and that or what you know and i've never seen a single episode of it but i have not watched bel-air maybe i'll give it a go um but yes i do like just the dramatic plays on old shows that we watched because there were some good themes and we'll talk about that in this episode for sure also this show has like the most recognizable theme song iconic yeah for sure it's got the lead characters similar to frazier uh kind of singing their character song and his journey to this point in the show right Mm -hmm. so yeah this is a story song the this is a story all about how i'm not gonna sing the whole damn thing but you Uh, sure could because everybody knows everyone knows that that's the thing i can't legally sing it it's weird that there's that there are things like that where it's like that will never fucking leave my mind like i can i you i could go 17 years without even thinking about it and then that song comes on and i could sing it verbatim I agree. What's annoying to me is all the like TV ads from when we were kids, like Coulter's Real Pit Barbecue, yeah. <laughs> stuff like that, where you're just like, you'll never now, get it out of your head. I mean, do you uh, mean the music? Because the lyrics for that one were literally just Coulter's Real Pit Barbecue. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just the like melody tag at the end, like because I think it was just a voiceover for a I while. Think that's just because we like, used to get stoned and sing it all the time when driving in the car. Coulter's. Real pit barbecue. <laughs> you, get it? you got it. And then the guy's like, come on down, Colt. <laughs> come on down, Colt. <laughs> That's the thing. Those are the kinds of things where I'm like, I will never forget these dumb ads. Or Rest like, in peace, Colters. God. You know, I'm not going to sing the Dalworth clean phone number right now because I don't want you, people well, to only, call I it. think only locals know that one. That, that's what makes me upset is that it's like, just in these cities sure. there were local marketing everybody's campaigns. got that even our even our you know our listeners in europe I, they you know they i know that. and that's what i hate that i can't get out of my head <laughs> ever that like you can only talk to people about who are in this certain reference point in this certain market that also have this weird annoying melody in their head yeah forever yeah it's like, it's, and they'll never forget it oh it's the worst and the best something oh. special about it though hey you're right about that it is special so in this episode, <laughs> we go off the synopsis, and this synopsis did sound a lot more fun than what the episode ended up being. Yeah. So synopsis. After being challenged to a drinking contest by a college football player, Will finds himself drunk and trapped in a mausoleum with four philosophical ghosts. In a mausoleum uh, cemetery. 
Right. Uh, exactly. It's basically just a cemetery. I think it's got like fancier stuff. It on, does. It so. has like tombs. Yeah. I, I've only seen those in like New Orleans or a couple like random cemeteries I've visited on the East Coast, but sure. I've never been to big ones here where they've got cool mausoleums. Or I anything. have. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Yeah. They, 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 I mean, it's not like a mausoleum. I don't know. I think that's just a word, but they, you know, they have a building that has the, like special plots. Uh, where you're buried above ground and they like keep urns and there's, you know, memorial stuff in there and big urn. Mm. So I thought the philosophical ghosts would be a lot cooler than they are. <laughs> we'll get to who they are, but I thought it was more like a Bill and Ted's thing where I was like, oh, it's going to be like a wacky adventure where he gets stuck overnight or something I was envisioning like that. a Christmas carol. Okay, right. So I was like, it's four ghosts, so it's not a Dickensian thing. I was like, I don't think it's going to be Christmas Carol. Yeah. So I was like, I think it's going to be more like Aristotle and Socrates and Plato. (laughs) Is it philosophical ghosts? I was like, oh, okay. I was like, I kind of see what's going on. This should be okay. And they're going to like teach him about the way of life or something. But no, that's not what happened. I agree. So Will is at... uh, a sporting goods store, basically. Uh, I think it was in the mall, but I couldn't tell. I think so. That thing is like it looked like it was in the mall, but mainly it's just a sporting goods store. And he's asking out a woman. Uh, I believe her name was Jackie. Yep, played by who? I don't know. Was that his wife? It's Tyra Banks. That's Tyra Banks. Okay, yeah. sorry. Oh yeah, Tyra. Okay, that's the thing. I was like, is this a recurring character? She looks really familiar. No, it's just because I watched too much of the Tyra Banks like model thing yeah exactly from many years ago what yes. was that next top model america's next top model that's it, yeah i didn't know tyra banks was an actress and so that when i saw her i was like is that tyra banks and my wife's like yeah she had a very healthy acting career I okay like, i can't say i could rattle off her film career right now no clue but clearly she did well in this television episode yeah. so yeah no i did not clock that that was tyra banks either <laughs> and clearly i did zero research for this will smith episode <laughs> We watch these and go, okay? And then <laughs> we're having fun here, okay? It's too many questions. Don't ask me questions about who people are. Uh, <laughs> so Will starts by asking her out to a Lakers game, which I'd imagine was still a hot ticket in sure. 93. I don't know who was playing on the team. Uh, but she says, no, no thanks. I'm dating a Heisman Trophy winner mm. and points to his poster at the sporting which is for sale at the <laughs> that she's working at yeah. yes i didn't preface that he comes to ask her out at a store she's working at mm-hmm. and she's like no i'm dating that guy up there we we're like oh what a like that couldn't have turned out any worse for somebody <laughs> asking you out on a date the place you went to ask her out on she showed you a poster of the guy she's gonna be going out with yeah like I would never even date again. I would just leave and never try. That would that would be devastating. Well, you're me. not Will Smith. True. He's barely Will Smith at this point. Um, <laughs> but she says the dude's name is Hank Farley. <laughs> that doesn't sound like a real name of a guy. <laughs> I was like, that's not a real person. Like Hank Farley. Is, dude, have you ever met anyone even named Hank in the last like 30 years? Uh, actually, yeah. You know some Hanks? I know one. I knew knew one Hank in college. Okay. He was a kid, too. Is a kid? Mm-hmm. But his, I mean, like, his name's Harold, but he went by Hank. Hank. Mm-hmm. What a tough name to carry around. Like, obviously, Hank Hill's a great character from King of the Hill we sure. all love. 
but that's your typical Hank. Yeah, or like Henry's, I think, would go by Henry or something like that. Like, oh, yeah, Henry and Hank. Yeah, I don't understand nicknames or shortened versions of names. Because, A, in, here in America, uh, there are uh-oh. men There are men who are named John, like by law, mm-hmm. right? Their legal name, their, their birth name is John. Yeah. J-O-H-N. Right. Yet they are called Jack. That's fine why it's not it's just because a different not name wants to, because it's a pain in the ass to go change your name legally and you don't want to be named after a toilet or a guy who engages in soliciting prostitutes <laughs> and those are the names we get all right okay and that's the thing they're like oh john those are the guys who buy hookers and john that's right take a crap and you're like okay you know that's my name buddy (laughs) (laughs) you know it'd be a little nice if you could show some respect we're not calling like i'm glad all these other names are getting dragged through the mud finally i mean because it's always no disrespect to your mother but i mean i'm glad (laughs) these karens and all these i feel bad for karens now that are like if you just named your daughter karen five years ago you're like what like god ruined our entire name it was a family (laughs) name they've ruined it these people have ruined it (laughs) so so i'm sure they're going to stop going by as many karens and they'll be Carrie and you know Kara, uh, oh, and they'll de- shorten it quite a bit. Definitely will make a make an impact on the usage of that name. For so sure. I would imagine in like the John Jack scenario, I think that's what's going on there, where people are like, I don't know, just give me another short name that people respect. Jack, I'm Jack Kennedy, and you're like, okay, right, they're all right, whatever, that's fine. <sighs> but it always was weird with Jack Kennedy because he was married to a Jacqueline who Jack was Jackie. and Jackie. Yeah, where I was like, well, that doesn't work. You can't, you can't go by Jack if your wife goes by Jackie. Yeah, that's always weird. You know, there was a girl when I was in like seventh or eighth grade whose cool name story. whose name was also Jordan, and she liked me. And I found out that she liked me, and I think, I think I was like, yeah, no, we can't, we can't date each other because it would be weird because we're both named the same name. I respect it. Yeah. She played her hard to get, man. I mean, she wanted you even more after that. Probably not. She was probably like, whatever. (laughs) No, you were forbidden love at that point. (laughs) It's forbidden, Jordan. Forbidden. Uh, And he messed her up for life. She was like, I can never ask out another guy named Jordan ever again. (laughs) I got rejected by this one guy that like I was a 10 and he was a four and he rejected me. (laughs) The four (laughs) is generous. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I'm trying to do the best I can. Thanks, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I appreciate the four. (laughs) Yeah. So Tyra Banks, unfortunately, a 10 in all scenarios. That's (laughs) why she was on the top model show. There's no getting around that. We tried. We tried to get ourselves on modeling shows. Didn't work out. But she declines the Lakers game. I said she's dating Hank Farley. So then we go back to, or not back, but we go to the Banks house for the first time. And this is where Will spends a lot of his time. This is Uncle Phil. This is who he moved in with. His big high-powered lawyer, Uncle Phil. Uh, Is he a lawyer? I thought he was a judge. Is he a judge now? I don't know. Does he become a judge at Maybe. some point? Okay. Well, I mean, a lot of lawyers become judges. Well, correct. Yes. No, right. you're not wrong about that. I thought for some reason I thought he was a judge in this show, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, maybe he is an attorney. That would make more sense. He would bank more yeah. as an attorney currently than a judge. Yeah, judges don't do like billing hours and stuff. Not anymore. Yeah. But you could, again, after you've made your money, you can get out and then go run for judge yeah. in your local county. That yeah. way you can be above the law. Yeah. That's what I would do. Yeah. Like Brian Cranston. 
Well, I don't know that he ran for public office anywhere, did he? I haven't watched every show he's been in. Just talking about Your Honor. Oh, okay. The show Your Honor. Oh, I've never yeah. watched oh, that bro, one. bro, you got to watch that. That's a good show. Okay. Really good show. You're on. It's on Showtime, though, so I just, I only, I only subscribe every once in a while just who to catch up. Who was he on? What? Who was who on? You said Your Honor. Who, your, your, who is he on? Your, who is the her? Oh, Steve. I can't. You're the one who brought it up. Who, who, all right, on this show, who is Brian Cranston on? Does he like stand on somebody's shoulders? Is it like uh-huh. one of those, they like try to sneak into a movie because yeah. of, okay, all right, well, I'll, I'll give it a it's watch. It's like in the, in the, like the trench coat that scenario, two guys on an, in trench coat <laughs> to appear older to get into an X rated movie. It must be like for a, okay, well, if it's X rated and one of the guys, yeah, check it out. Okay, I mean, I, I'll give it a look. You're on her. Yes, I will take a look for that one. Uh, I will not Google that after sensitive nipples, um, (laughs) but maybe around it. So uh, we get to the Banks house and Ashley Banks, the I would say the youngest daughter of the family, right? Yeah, there's nobody else younger than the youngest child. So there's Carlton, Hillary, or sorry, Hillary, then Carlton, then Then Ashley. Ashley. I think so, yeah. Um, So I don't think Carlton's in this scene, but everybody's just kind of chilling around. Mm -hmm. It's only Ashley really talking about. Um, but she says she's got a date coming up and she's having issues with self-confidence. So cool. Here's our issue at the front here. And Hillary says she'll give her a few tips. It's pretty much all that happens here. Just kind of, hey, got a date. It's all very sitcom-y. There yeah. was not a lot of meat in this particular scene. Like didn't feel like a Frasier scene where there was a bunch of jokes. Right. It was just sitcom setup stuff. Yeah, and, and right. Hillary jumps at the opportunity to make over her little sister. Yes, um, and at this point, you, you know, you don't see the differences between the two really, other than Hillary is well put together and full of herself, and Ashley is full of self doubt at this current moment. Right. Um, so then we get to the party. I don't know who invited Will to this party, I but he the same thing. The same, but he shows up at this party. <laughs> Because the girl who rejected him, Tyra Banks, is there. Yeah. Okay. Um, so now he's not going to go to the Lakers game. He instead goes to this party. To beef up to this guy that she's dating. Yeah. She's there with this dude, old Hanky Farley. Whose house is it? Is it a fraternity house, I would imagine, I guess? That's what's confusing. Is like It seems like it's a college party. I think it is a college party. I think it's a... I guess it's a frat house because it says fraternity. Yeah, that's true. Um, did yeah, you did you did, happen to notice the amount of trophies that they packed into the background of every single shot? No, they I did They had trophies not. Over, all over every surface. Every single surface, like on the tables, on the, you know, on all of the, the shelving and like anything that was flat that you could put something on. There was a fucking trophy on it. It's hilarious. Is it Hank's place? It might be Hank's place. I, I imagine a fraternity. House? I imagine it's a frat house. Okay. I imagine that Hank is in a frat gotcha. and cause he's just goes to college. He's a college guy. So I imagine it's the frat house. It's a, supposed to be a frat party. <laughs> Most college guys in frats. I don't know much about the Greek <laughs> lifestyle and kind of, I, don't know, I thought you were just an athlete. Do you have time to go do the whole rush crap? I'd be like, I'm not going to get rushed by you crap. Like, I, I think you can't put me through hazing. If, I'm on the football team. I've got to go report to coach. You yeah, know, like, they, they're definitely in frats gotcha. for sure. Uh, like a lot of the football guys, because uh, I mean, I went to a university uh, and hey. 
I don't appreciate it's that. It's not a tone. dig. It's not I a dig. I don't appreciate that. I've got a lot of incompletes. I've hey, got more I didn't incompletes. Gradu- I didn't graduate. I, I went to it. I did go to it. I went to it for long enough to graduate, but I've I never seen did. some <laughs> university. I've driven by universities around them. Yeah, you and I went. We went to parties that were associated with exactly. college universities when we were down in Austin. Been around mean. college girls, man. I remember getting rejected. <laughs> so, yeah, I remember it all. Uh, Standing in the backyard, smoking cigarettes awkwardly. Yeah, That's yeah, what we did. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm going to say this is a frat house that looked more like an apartment to me. Yeah. That's just like, it looks like a crappy apartment that somebody owns. But you're right. During the course of this party, there are people standing outside cheering. We want Hank. So that's I'm like he he definitely lives there or he's got a posse and paparazzi crew that follows him around sure. or something. So sure. well, whatever. Uh Carlton's at this party. Why the hell is Carlton there? Was he invited or did he show up with Will? I didn't track they it. They took separate cars. So I'm not sure. <laughs> I was like, what the hell is Carlton? But thank doing? God that Carlton is there because he's my favorite character on this show. Okay, see, my favorite character is Jeffrey. Oh, Jeffrey and is he great. got nothing to do in this episode. He stood in the background once and he has like one line later. Jeffrey's Jeffrey is, yeah, he's the most Frasier character. That's for sure. Right. I, said, I like the <laughs> Jeffrey element of it where he's like, all right, well, he just cuts through the crap basically yeah. where he's like, I'm not in a sitcom, but I am. <laughs> like, all right, all right. I, I got you, Jeffrey. Um, but yeah, I don't think Carlton adds much to this scene currently. We go back over to the bank's house. Hillary gave Ashley a makeover. Ashley is dressed identical to Hillary. So is this how they did it on Maury maybe back in the day where they're like, hey, come get an extreme makeover. And then they all just end up looking like the woman in the back who's doing the makeup. <laughs> and we don't ever know that as the person watching the show. Now you're talking about when Maury was actually had actual content and not just baby daddy stuff, because yeah. that's all Maury did after a while. It's <laughs> tough to know who was worse between him and Jerry. Honestly, <laughs> once Maury turned it because Maury used to be badass. I used to look forward to seeing Maury. It was weird. It definitely seemed more again. I did not follow the history of Maury. I only remembered when it got really terrible. And listener, this is Maury Povich that we're talking about. But I I do remember the extreme makeovers because like that was something that they would all do. But like Oprah kind of got away from it and some of the other talk shows got away from it. But Maury would do extreme makeovers like let's get a real big ugly person and that's how they would frame it. I'm not saying that about the person themselves, but that's how they would frame it. It's absolutely how they frame it. Let's put a person in their ugliest clothes and take the worst photo of them ever and then make you wait around for 30 (laughs) minutes or an hour and then dress them up. (laughs) And so that's immediately what I thought of was like, oh, they did do this a lot in the 90s. Did they all just look like the makeup person? And they came out. They're like, God dang it. I look just like that makeup lady. (laughs) So I was like, that is the easiest thing to do. They're like, I know what I'll do to make you over. Dress you like me. Just look like I me. look great. Yeah. So just do this. <laughs> it's the easiest thing to scale. You're like, I don't have to do anything for each person. Just do me. That's it. You should let your kids give you a makeover. Oh, God. Lord knows what they do. They'd um, hip you up a little bit. They'd make you a little more hip. Like right now, you're wearing a shirt from your from your alma mater, Harvard. <laughs> this is a joke shirt. <laughs> this is like that's the, the that's the shirt they send you when they reject you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is like the John Belushi college shirt, where it's like 
I'm not graduating from this place. I couldn't. If I sent them a letter, yeah, it would just be a mocking, like, laugh voicemail that they sent me back at Harvard. <laughs> Here's a koozie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Here's a complimentary koozie. <laughs> we hope you enjoyed sending us that funny letter you sent us. Thank you for wasting our time. <laughs> exactly. Our admissions person is very angry with you. Please don't put glitter in the folder <laughs> next time. <laughs> oh, my bad. My bad. They love that. Uh, so... Even though Ashley looks identical to Hillary, she waits for Hillary to leave. She's acting excited around Hillary, but once she leaves, she confides in her dad that, hey, man, I don't really like this Hillary look. Sure. It doesn't feel like me here. So the Ashley storyline, I will say, is very strong, almost stronger than the Will storyline here, where it's, hey, girl's got a date, young girl with self-confidence issues, she's going to try to make herself over somebody tells her to be someone she's not right she doesn't know what to do from here so like all right cool i see this storyline developing very sitcom-y but a fine storyline so i could see how that would translate to a bel-air or something like that a more dramatic reading um but she cancels the date she calls up the dude and is like hey i gotta babysit that night can't make it bro yeah and did you catch the joke that phil says Oh gosh! There About were a few where the jokes. mom, where the mom is, like where she, somebody was like, "Where's mom?" And he was like, "Oh, she's next door, uh, bowling at the spellings." <laughs> okay, no, I I do remember him mentioning the spellings, yeah. but I forgot the bowling section of it. They live next door to the spellings. Yeah, those are easy jokes to write. Is like, look how rich we are, and we live in Bel Air, yes. so this is where the rich people live, and this is the dumb stuff they do. Is so. Bel Air higher uh, higher class than Beverly Hills, or is it about the same? I don't do know. know. Um, man, I don't know, actually. Like Santa, Especially like Santa in the Barbara. 90s. That's the thing. Like Real estate's probably changed a bunch since then, so I don't know what was valued as the most in the early 90s when this show was developed. I would imagine Bel Air was probably the most where, exclusive or something. Where in, in Southern California would you live if you had to live there? Oh, I'd take a, a beach house in Malibu or <laughs> something like yeah, that. Maybe. Like. I would just sit there and do nothing. I would like to go somewhere where I don't have to leave. And I don't even know if that's a good beach. I would just take any Probably beach. Is. Yeah, it's just like. I think the Pacific Ocean's pretty cold, though, all the time. Oh, I would not go in the ocean. I hate going in the ocean. Screw you. You just want to look at it. Yeah, I just want to hear it and look at it. Smell and then, it. Yeah, exactly. Just kind of hang out mm-hmm. on a open swath of land. That'd be cool. Yeah. And then, yeah, if I don't have to drive anywhere, that's also ideal. So. You'd be a golf cart guy. Just drive a golf yeah. cart around the community that you live in. Absolutely. I love it. Yeah, I can't get motion sickness while I'm driving a golf cart, and I can't die in a high-speed accident. So I'd like to live perfect. next door to John Williams. Uh, is that the composer John Williams God or like right. some other John Williams? It's a very generic name. <laughs> John Williams is the composer. Okay, I mean, I guess. It's Any my particular life. reason. It's my life. All right, well, like, he's not going to do anything. He's probably just a quiet guy who just hangs out and writes songs all the time. Like, he doesn't want to hang out with you. But you just. You want to live next door to somebody it. cool. Like, John somebody, Williams is cool. Well, no, but somebody that's doing wacky he's and zany stuff. But he's cool. You want to live next to somebody like OJ. You want. <laughs> <laughs> on you want excitement you want those property values to be set up okay john williams what's he gonna do for your q score you need oj to be you need to be interviewed weekly about stuff that's the kind of la you want to be a part of but mr wilson have you seen any any suspicious activity from your neighbor orenthal james 
that's where you want to be, my man. <laughs> you know something, Steve? You're right. Thanks, <laughs> thanks for opening my eyes to that because that's my new dream is to live next to OJ. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to pick a neighbor, pick some guy with some drama, not John Williams. <laughs> like, come on, spice it up a little bit. That's a great point. That's, see, that's why, that's why I like you, man. Mm-hmm. You, you shed light on things. You got you to gotta mix it up. You know? <laughs> if, you, if you get to pick your neighbors, mix it up a little bit. Uh, so... Then we go back to this rando party. Again, I apologize. I keep calling it a rando party. We think it's a frat house. Maybe it's a random apartment. Maybe it's where Hank Farley lives, but I'm going with frat house. I think it's frat house. Looks like a crummy apartment. It, they got to get a better frat house. It does. It's They're just repurposing uh, exactly. some, some set design that they have. I think like. at one point, Will moves into a room that they build above the garage or some shit, and it looks a lot like that. So okay. maybe that's where that came from. Probably true. It's like, we've got it laying around. Just slap some paint on it. We'll be fine. What's well, not being used this week? <laughs> uh, so we get back to the party. Jackie dancing it up with old Hank Farley there. They're busting their moves. They are. Um, Will and Carlton don't look happy. They, uh, they don't look pleased to be there. Um, we get Will Smith doing some funny stuff. I think he tries to dance to or he hit does. on. I said, is it his dancing that he goes a little... He no. tries to cut in, and he tries to, yeah, he's, he's trying to beef up on this this all-American football star. I said, what kind of moves is he doing there? Describe him to me. I kind of forget the exact <laughs> he, gyrations. He gets real close, and he kind of barely moves his hips, and okay. he just, like, looks off to the side and puts his arms up. All right. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, it's funny. It I remember it being very funny. funny, where I was like, this is a good physical gag. <laughs> yeah. like, I don't remember exactly I mean, Will what. Smith is no slouch. I love Will Smith movies, personally. I'm a sucker for Independence Day. I'm a definite sucker for... Uh, for all of the, the what is it the alien ones I forget the name of them right now uh, damn it uh, come Steve help me out here uh, you're on your own no it's the it's the the, the Citizen Kane no aliens <laughs> <laughs> that's got aliens in it right the, 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 why can't I think of them I robot that's a good one that Galaxy is a damn good movie. Quest. he wasn't in that I don't know what all is it legend of Bagger Vance how am I blanking on this? Uh, the Pursuit of Happiness. Men in Black. God damn Concussion. it. The Men in Black movies. I'll, oh, you were talking about Men in Black? Oh, yes. I could have told you that. <laughs> <laughs> I asked you to. Why didn't you say so? Uh, okay. God damn well, it. You should have told me, man. Just let me know next time you're talking about the Will Smith Alien movies. I'll help you out. <sighs> I, I don't know. I mean, you know. <laughs> so, uh, so Hank Farley challenges Will to an arm wrestling contest first. Then a drinking contest. So, you know you're in a good position when you're like, let's settle this with arm wrestling. Like when that's your go-to, not like, let's have a battle of wits, sir. <laughs> or, you know, let us engage An in academic some, decathlon. <laughs> let's engage in something healthy where we both have a shot at this. Not, <laughs> I'm a Heisman Trophy candidate. Let's have an arm wrestling challenge against this guy. Yeah, or even a I'm a I'm a frat guy. Let's have a drinking contest. Yeah, and it- they pulled out a bottle of what tequila. Okay, worst thing to possibly try and do a drinking contest with. Okay, I drank like eight shots of Jaeger one time. Fucking probably and just hurled never- all over yourself. Oh, uh, I think I stopped drinking liquor forever on that day. <laughs> like that was thirty years ago, maybe when I was seven. Um, yeah, so after that, I was just like, you know what? I've had enough of the hard stuff. I got to cut this out. Man. First time I drank liquor, I was 14 and I t- 
took liquor from my grandma's cabinet when we were over there after school and i put it in like a sports water bottle yeah. and then and then put it in my backpack and went home and i drank it in the shower and i'm telling you steve it was probably like i don't know seven shots like enough for like seven shots and i like chugged it oh i don't know if i finished it but i chugged a lot of it tasted terrible got real fucked up and was in the shower and then like ate dinner with my parents and they were none the wiser somehow they were none the wiser those fools terrible i drank that 60 year aged scotch and chugged it down yeah it probably was really nice who knows (laughs) that's the problem with stealing from like older people you're like they've probably had this for years and i don't know if it's gone bad or if it's like incredibly good and i'm God. wasting like thousands of dollars we used right to boost now. liquor and water it down in your parents well yeah cabinet. i mean sure that's true but we also stole our fair share from legitimate businesses and then paid <laughs> more than we owed to playing hey mister at people <laughs> you know? true. you've got to pay extra there we made people money when they bought us beer there <laughs> so it all evens out. It's a wash, right? <sighs> Look at us. We need, neither of us turn into alcoholics. That's cool. We don't even drink. No, I don't really like the taste much. <laughs> Neither do I. I don't like it much about it. It just makes me sleepy. Um, so they get this drinking contest going. Carlton says he will can't drink because he's underage. I like Carlton playing the heavy there about, hey, you're underage. We're like, you've been at this party the whole time. I'm sure there's plenty of underage people here at college. There's 18 year olds at college. I love Carlton like jumped in. He was like, stop. <laughs> and, like right. stopped the part of the music was like, like right. it was great. Yeah, like who invited dad? He went this? so hard into that though. Like I forget the actor's name, but he, he went Alfonso Ribeiro. Alfonso. Okay, there you go. I watch AFV every week. I oh, yeah, yeah, okay, okay. He hosts it. That's right. That's right. He took over for Saget uh, or whoever hosted after Saget. Yeah, I forget who the transition host was. I can't remember. But I think it was Bergeron for a while. Was it to- oh, it was it was Bergeron. It was Bergeron. Right. It was Tom Bergeron, and then man, now now Alfonso. Look at my knowledge of AFV well, host history. Here. I don't know how you couldn't have it, man. It's it's timeless, and you that's all you ever watched. And I think so. they've scrubbed the Bergeron years. Like you can find Alfonso stuff. And maybe Bergeron had a falling out. He might have. Yeah, he might have. I, I don't hear the touch his weenie in front of somebody okay. or something. Well, I, allegedly and speculatively, I don't know that any of that. I'm true. not trying to slander Bergeron. Yeah, don't, Bergeron. Don't tear down Bergeron. <laughs> if we don't know that he's to- tear downable. I mean, we'll look it up next right, time. Delete Bergeron. That. Delete yeah, so that. Dump all of this. Uh, <laughs> so the audience does woo and cheer wildly when will take shots. I always love that nineties aspect of these shows. where yes. they just go. Woo. It's my favorite. He did a good facial expression after the first shot. Yeah. I, I wish they would bring, sorry, bring back those bitter beer face commercials. Oh, those are the best. Yeah. And it was just like some old guy yeah. who would definitely like within a year of losing his life, just showing you how terrible some beer was because he could make a weird face. <laughs> See that bitter beer face. Love those bitter beer face ads. <laughs> I think that guy's in the Guinness Book of World Records. <laughs> Bitterest face. <laughs> this old man. And so somebody had to marry that guy. That's the thing. His wife was like, yeah. Uh, he's the bitter beer face guy. He's the bitter beer face guy. He's 38. <laughs> <laughs> Don't ask me how. I've made terrible decisions with my life. <laughs> And she's like some 27-year-old hottie, and he looked normal, you know, five years ago. What a fanciful story. I think that's how it went down. I'm pretty sure it's the only way he got in that Guinness Book of World Records. (laughs) Uh, So we come back to the party after commercial break. 
Will is not doing well no. in this drinking contest. There was there was uh, no less than eight shot glasses in front of each of them. Yeah. Uh, and homeboy was completely unfazed. Will, on the other hand, obviously very, very intoxicated. Will was phased. He was heavily phased. But one thing, Tyra Banks, not happy with either of these gentlemen, which is typically how this goes. Yep. That if you're competing with another dude yeah. for a woman's hand, you might not want to just like go to battle in a drinking contest or mm-hmm. any other capacity, really. Like, you hear that, listeners, younger listeners, chicks don't dig. Uh, what do you pissing, got? Pissing contest. Okay, well, sure. You wanna, oh, how eloquently put. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what was that? I need. I think you need to put that on a t-shirt. That chicks seemed, don't dig pissing contest. <laughs> <laughs> it's not bad, actually. It's <laughs> a good one. It's, it's not terrible. I mean, it's that's a, what Harvard should send you harsh. when you get rejected. <laughs> it's, it's a little harsh on the ears and eyes, but it's not a terrible sentiment overall. You know, I think you're not wrong. <laughs> I own a t-shirt that I can't wear. <laughs> In public, <laughs> big dogs. You no, a lot of big dogs. I think it's from, it's from, from Bubba Gump. No, I'd it's either Bubba Gump or it's it's a chain of restaurants, and it says it says chicks. I got what, Gump flying out no, of my. No, it says like I've. What does it say? It's something about having a big dick. Okay, don't just we're gonna have to stop well, right here. I, no, that's what no, I'm saying. No. I can't wear it in public. I don't, I don't like these limericks and rhymes that take <laughs> take part in like cheap crude humor. You know. I try to run a clean ship around here. Oh, so, yeah. It's real uh, clean. <laughs> Jordan, I've never said a bad thing in my squeaky. life. I've never cursed. I am squeaky. When I, it's my ankles. They squeak and creak. <laughs> and it's bad. Um, so Tyra Banks is upset. She storms out. Carlton says he's going to drive her home. Um, and Carlton asks for Will's keys. Says, hey, I can't let you drive home, Willie. You're all drunk, man. Yeah. Give me your keys. And Will switches his gym locker keys quickly with his car keys and fools Carlton into leaving. Terrible idea. A classic ruse. Gym locker keys. Maybe that's a thing. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, imagine you just have a combination back in those days. Maybe you do get a key to the locker. I mean, I don't know. They give you a key at the skating rink. Yeah. I mean, they do give you a key, a perma key. Because I thought those keys always just worked with like every hole. Like, I didn't think they were actually like that specific to the holes. I think there are specific keys to the lock. Well, then why could a guy just jam a like file in there and open it whenever he wanted? I mean, yeah, it's like a it's like a shitty file cabinet. That's what I mean. Know, like, I mean, just give me a combination. You know, maybe that's tougher for people to. If you don't come back to the gym after a month, they're like, we don't. I don't know how to reset these combos. <laughs> like, jam that file in there again. Just get the keys that we can jam the file in. Because <laughs> I think the guy's never going to bring his key back if he quits the gym, right? You'd think they would have a master key. I guess that's s- true. System. Skeleton key? Skeleton key. Oh, man. That was the coolest term back in the day. Skeleton key. Skeleton key. Get in anywhere. That's right. Anywhere. So Will goes back, keeps talking noise, keeps drinking, getting a little drunker at this party falls off a table, mm-hmm. Mary Catherine Gallagher style, just passes right out. <laughs> Wakes up in a cemetery. Yes, he does. I know, we haven't even gotten to the damn cemetery yet. <laughs> I was like, when do we get to the fireworks factory? Come on. <laughs> and takes for freaking ever. Uh, so we get there. Will's woken up. Sees a few ghosts. One of them looks like a car guy. 
And by that, I don't mean like a car salesman. Looks like a mechanic. That's all you can know. You're talking about the 50s greaser guy? Yeah, that's it. but that's all you know at the beginning. You're like, all right, this guy's like a mechanic, works on 50s greaser cars. He's <laughs> yeah. clearly been dead for a long time. He's got the pack of cigarettes rolled up in his arm sleeve. That's right. It looks like he's from the outsiders, <laughs> but well, m- more buff than any of those outsider <laughs> kids. Uh, one is a well-dressed, professional-looking woman. Yep. You're like, all right. And one is a dude in a sweatsuit, seemingly. You're like, Okay, I don't know who these people are. Uh, so then you kind of start to find out as these ghosts tell Will about this story because remember, Will passed out. He's got his car keys. He made the decision. Even though we don't see him drive home. He could, have, he could be He's dead. got his car keys. He yeah. switched them out with Carlton. He got drunk. Underage, Jordan. Mm. W- Carlton told him, you're underage. You can't drive. So this is, a, this is illegal and not advisable, Will. So he's passed out. Yeah car guy the old greaser here tells him hey i died in a race someone called me a chicken one time couldn't let it go and like, i can't remember like marty how mcfly he, exactly <laughs> i can't remember how he died did he drive off a cliff or just like <laughs> i don't remember I think he just said like he got in a race and died i was like okay i was like whatever man <laughs> so you kind of quickly understand okay these the philosophical ghosts are going to be these people who are like Here's the dumb crap I did that killed me. But then we get to the professional dressed woman. Says she was too focused on her career. Yep. And implies she was murdered by her husband for not (laughs) spending enough time at home. So I was confused. I was like, did she die because of stress? Because she worked too hard? Or was she like legitimately murdered? Was this a figurative thing or like an actual thing? Because like. If she was murdered, that's not a mistake she made. <laughs> like, her husband murdered her? Or, like, that's, I was a little confused on what happened at the end of this. Did you pick up on no, it? No, they weren't very clear on, the, on her story arc. That's the thing is, like, she said she worked too much, focused too much on her career, and it killed her. And then she kind of made, I don't, couldn't tell if it was a joke about how she worked so much her husband was going to murder her right. or if she was legitimately murdered. But either way, she was a young woman, so died of stress at a young age. Uh-huh. Hardcore. Sweatsuit dude. A boxer who died in the ring because he took too many hits. Yeah. No, he died during the interview. Died during the interview because he took fight. too many hits. So all these people, you're just like, okay, I can kind of see that they're telling you don't be a dummy. Three of the weirder people to use as a symbol here no, i see what you're saying the car the car guy makes sense Cut. as far as the story is concerned but the other two just, they just threw him in there yeah i was like and okay. then the fourth ghost makes sense the fourth too. ghost makes sense so then we hear a fourth ghost over playing or you know he's like throwing a ball up against a wall yeah. or something like you're like that. knocking and, right yeah and so will walks out and we see our fourth ghost it's a little kid named billy little boy little boy named billy he's scared jordan or actually no he's not scared he's just happy as could be yeah. um I think he asked Will to play ball with him. Yeah. And Will's super cool. And, uh, you know, he says, hey, man, you know, we'll, uh, I'll play ball with you or something like that. And Billy's like, yeah, you know, I, I can't leave and I'm never going to grow up because I'm dead. I'm dead. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, oh, my God, Billy. Dear Billy. God, Billy's dead. <laughs> and, you're like, and he's like, you know how I died? Drunk driver, Will. Wait, is that car guy? And so this is where I was like, I did not remember Fresh Prince being so lesson driven where i was like oh they're gonna like really hammer home to like drunk drive you, you do not drunk drink and drive yeah. like okay cool totally fine so 
I just don't remember Fresh Prince being that kind of a show or whatever, but it definitely was here. So it gets very serious and very somber. This little kid was killed by a drunk driver. The message is very clearly felt by Will. Don't drink and drive. I barely even clocked that this was a drinking and driving episode yeah. until we got to the cemetery. Where I was like, oh, did he drink too much? Or like, I'm like, oh, it's a drinking and driving episode. Okay. There was a clever joke um, because the car guy was saying something and the business lady was like, okay, rebel without a clue, which I yeah, thought right. was good. Exactly. So that's how you know, okay, this is a James Dean kind of cat. Yeah. You know, like, all right, I got it. I got it. But yes, the rebel without a clue is a fine little joke there. Uh, so Will passes out. Carlton comes and wakes him up. The ghosts are gone. Ooh, <laughs> spooky. It was all in his head. Yeah. So then we go back to the bank's house and we're in the kitchen. Hillary says she's going to go even farther with Ashley on these makeovers. Ashley, I guess, is still not told her. I don't want to look this way. I wonder what even farther means. She went pretty far. Yeah, I don't know if that means more jewel. I mean, no, I don't know. It's going to look like Mimi from the Drew Carey show. <laughs> okay, maybe that. Maybe <laughs> just more outfits, more embellished stuff. I don't know. Yeah, just total clueless moment. Interesting. Huh. Uh, but finally, Ashley confronts her about it and says, hey, you know what? Um, I don't really want to be like you, you know, like I would prefer to look like myself or even if I don't look like myself and I've got self-confidence, it's not my style. Don't want to be like you. So cool. We have also learned a very clear lesson here before anything else happens. Got it. The younger daughter has overcome her issues with self-confidence. She learned a little bit about her identity. Lesson learned. That's what I was like. This seemed like more of an Ashley episode than a Will episode. I was like, great. That seemed like the very that the most linear storyline I saw in this episode versus <laughs> Will asking a girl out on a date, getting rejected multiple times, going to a party, getting too drunk, going to a cemetery. cemetery. <laughs> getting well, he didn't up. go. I guess the implication was that the frat guys drug him there. Yeah, true. And then, yeah, maybe Tyra Banks is a recurring character, but I was I left unsatisfied with that storyline where I'm like, so she's just mad at both dudes. Does Will get another Does shot? Does he get the girl? Yeah. yeah. I was like, is Hank Farley? Is she just done with Hank Farley? Is this just a character storm out? No clue. No I don't clue. know. I have no idea. But Ashley's storyline resolves very well here. Uh, Jeffrey's in the scene. He doesn't say much, though. Um, but then Ashley's date, in typical sitcom fashion, shows up, says, hey, I know you're babysitting tonight because you broke our date. Uh, I thought I'd show that's up what anyway. You said. <laughs> yeah, and he's totally cool. Says, hey, I, you know, I think you look great right now. You want to go get some Froyo or yep. something? And they walk out sweetly. They for went Froyo. off to TCBY. What are your toppings? What do you put on your Froyo if you get the self serve topping? Got to go with the nuts. Not a big sprinkles guy. I think that's just a little too much added sugar. Uh, I'm not, I don't like sprinkles very much. It's just a added. The whole fucking thing is added sugar. What are you talking about? It's just too sweet. It's too much sweetness. I like a nut. The minute you enter the door, it's added sugar to your life. You asked me what I want, and this is what I want. You're right. Sorry. You're right. This is your your time. Go ahead. Nuts. I like them, (laughs) and I want uh, like some chocolate sauce, maybe some strawberry sauce, like strawberry sauce on top. I like double sauce. Double sauce, chocolate and strawberry. Let me start first. What's your base flavor? base flavor in a Froyo shop you can choose out of like any of your say like 12 or 15 flavors or something like that. Peppermint. You go peppermint? I like a peppermint. If I go to Brahms, I'm getting peppermint ice cream. So we got some peppermint. We got some nuts. Yep. We got some chocolate sauce and maybe some strawberry sauce. Then what you going with? Well, if I get the peppermint, I'm not getting strawberry sauce. Okay. But I'll get the chocolate sauce. All right. 
uh and maybe some some pulled pork uh and Ooh, now yeah, we're talking yeah and possibly like you know a little mashed potatoes on there too oh gosh yes a little gravy oh pour it down <sighs> my throat right now brown or uh cream both i swirl them it's hard to find a froyo shop that has both in a pump both <laughs> cream <laughs> gravy <It's tough. laughs> if anybody can point us to a fro- froyo shop that has brown and cream gravy uh in in a, a, off a spigot yeah you, know, you need to like a swirl oh, a swirl exactly like they used to have in the cafeteria where it was, or no the cafeteria was just like <laughs> our <ketchup>. cafeteria was <laughs> with, with a ladle, ladle. <laughs> Our cafeteria had a tub of ketchup with a ladle. That legal? I don't know. And they just <laughs> threw a piece of they threw a piece of saran wrap over the top. Like an of it. industrial can. <laughs> <laughs> That's straight out of the Simpsons. Yeah. Man. Once that kid threw, like, once that kid threw an entire tub of of ketchup on a kid at lunch. Spigot, right? Yeah, they got the spigot. They, they got, got the, the, the pump. Up. Who knew? That's the way to get action is just ruin it for everyone. Just take to unsanitary conditions. Suspension school or whatever it's called. I guess they're like, you can have it two ways. You can either see what you're getting when you ladle this stuff out, or you can go blind with this spigot and no telling how old this stuff is in here. There might be mold everywhere and you'd have no clue. You spigot this ketchup out and you're like, all right. Still, that, that they just opened an industrial size can with you know and put it on the <laughs> put it on a cart. Incredible, yeah. And that was the like condiment section mm. at beautiful Lake Highlands High School. Do you realize here. how many how many like chicken strips and fries we ate when we went to school? That's all I still want to eat for most lunches. Unas Papas Grandes. Oh, so good. Yeah. Man. I, chicken strips and fries never go out of style. That's true. I had some just the other day. Yeah, I mean, there's no vegetable involved. They took potatoes away from us, I feel like. I mean, I guess potatoes still won. Corn's not a vegetable anymore. Yeah. But potato still is, but it's barely a vegetable when you have it with fried chicken. It's tough. We didn't have many options, I guess. That's true. Weren't a lot of options. I mean, we could have brought our own lunch from home and packed healthier options, but we chose not to do that. That's right. Anyway, so... Je- Jeffrey's nice button on the end of the scene is that he does remind Hillary that beauty is in the eye of the beholder, which again, nice lesson for the audience, basically. So look, not only did Ashley learn her lesson with self-confidence, but hopefully Hillary learned, hey, just because you think you look well put together your way, that's great. Take care of yourself and your own self-confidence. If other people don't think you're beautiful, no big deal. It's in the <laughs> eye of the beholder. Do what makes you happy. So... I said, Jeffrey comes in with some nice uh, advice. Yeah. Then we get to the bank's backyard. Will and Carlton are talking about Will getting too drunk. Will does take a good shot at Chevy Chase here. What was that about? I think it's because Chevy Chase, uh, well, now we know he's a terrible human in general. But in 93, what was that about? Well, he had the failed like talk show. I don't know if that had happened in 93, but that was a notorious fail. Okay. So I believe it was either a primetime talk show like uh, late night television or he actually got a late night show on a different network for like a week or something like that and it was a massive fail but I just thought it was a shot at the fact that his career was absolutely atrocious after like being on Saturday Night Live and and all the National Lampoon movies right and so we've got nostalgia kits that we like in National Lampoons but then every other movie he made that wasn't Fletch in the late 70s was just a bunch of bad stuff where it was like hey man it sucks you could do another style of movie and so I think the joke was like he could see himself 
being stupid but couldn't do anything to stop it. So I I was like, is the joke just like he can see that he's making bad movies, but he can't stop himself from making bad movies? Right. Or was it the talk show thing? Or just that he's a dumbass human in general? I mean, Sorry, he, did, he did community later on, obviously. but And he was kicked off of community for being terrible and being a racist and yeah. stuff like that. Like, no, he got punched by Joel McHale for saying terrible things on that set. Like, there are there are reasons that he will not be invited to future community events that involve the core cast, like Donald Damn. Glover and Joel McHale. Yeah, Donald Glover specifically does not enjoy Chevy Chase. And sure, that's the, part of it was like his community character was to play an old, out of touch guy. That's what he is. He's an old, out of touch guy, and like he was very famous and popular for a long time so he's just very out of touch and he doesn't know how to be on sets with people and he's not fun to work with and he was obviously pissing off people even in 93 yeah i don't think he's been fun to work with for a long time that sucks i like i like bill murray hated him really they worked in that uh caddyshack scene just because the producers were like what the hell did you mean you don't have chevy chase and bill murray in a scene together they're the two funniest people on the Saturday Night Live crew and they're huge stars to a degree. Get them in a scene together. And so they just made up the like, oh yeah, get Ty in there with, I forget Bill Murray's character's name, um, but the groundskeeper in Caddyshack or whatever. (laughs) So yeah, I don't think many people enjoyed working with Chevy for years and years and years. He's a weird guy. Uh, So Will is distraught about almost drinking and driving. And then pretty much the episode just ends on a puke joke and Will running off screen, <laughs> which is going to be similar to how this episode might end. Oh, God. Oh, God.